Welcome to Inspired Caregiver with me, Michelle Magner. This is the podcast where people who are helping out their older family members come for information, tips, and inspiration on how to make their journey easier. Enjoy this episode of Inspired Caregiver. I, I can't believe that this is our first conversation, like in person, and we're going to go ahead and record it because um, we've been kind of bouncing off each other for a couple of years. Yeah, I know. It's so funny how like um, people can be in the same like environment. And I our, think our paths probably have crossed hundreds of times yeah. and we just haven't actually had like the conversation. <laughs> well, and you're friends with April and I'm friends with April. I love her. Yeah. <laughs> She's awesome. Yeah. And then you're in uh, women's network. I saw now. Yes. I joined the women's network. And then you're still at Brookstone. I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then just getting inspired senior launched and caregiving coaching and support. Cool. Yeah. I saw on social media, you did like the John Maxwell training or one of those. Yeah. It's been really good. It's been fun. I'm I'm on a just a slow slow roll, starting to build some momentum. Um, just feeling out where the holes are, where the gaps, you know. Yeah, and they're they're definitely there, especially for you know like the elders in our community. And there's a lot of work to do, and it's going to be the biggest population. So yeah, yeah, I think you're in a good spot. Well, and I appreciate your posts on social because I feel like they have really helped open my eyes to a lot of our social justice needs in our community and really the world. Um, They've helped educate me. So I've been grateful for those. Oh, good. Yeah, you're welcome. It's always a learning process for sure. (laughs) It is. It's funny because I've seen those posts like social media never changed anyone's mind. I'm like, well, if you're open to listening, it can. Yeah, for sure. You know, <laughs> I've learned so much on social media, like just from other, you know, like movers and shakers in our community, you yeah. know, and it gives me a space to read stuff, sit with it, think about it, you know, and then check my own racist tendencies or biases or, you know, things in my circle that don't get talked about sometimes, but probably need to be. Yeah. Um, and they always say, you know, like if you're not at the table, your voice doesn't get heard. And that's why I do advocacy with LGBTQ elders too, because nobody talks about that. In addition to, I'm a geek for public policy and legislative politics, everything. I am mm-hmm. <laughs> love geeking out on that. I have like the bill tracker from our legislature where they, you can have up to 15 bills for free and they email you if there's like a hearing or anything's happened to them. So I'm like that person that follows what's happening because I'm a big believer in local politics and leaders more than national. I think national is very important, but the local leaders is who's really going to make an impact in my life and your life. You know, I would argue that. For sure. No, I, I agree. We've definitely reached out to senators and congressmen and that sort of thing, uh, here. Just to make sure that seniors are top of mind and the initiatives that they're working on are congruent with what we need. Yeah. And that they, 
that they're on the radar, that they even think about the elders in our community, right? Because they're a really vulnerable population that often gets left out and not thought about. Right, totally. Yeah. So I tell me more about the work that you do with LGBTQ seniors. Or yeah, so like I realized, sure, yeah. No, I realized probably like five years ago, um, I really got tied in with an organization in New York called SAGE and they just do advocacy for LGBTQ elders. And I was like, being in senior living, you know, having a 16 year career, I was like, this is never even spoke about or talked about. And how are we addressing this population of elders as they age into like senior living communities? Cause at the time I was community-based. And so I was like, wow. And then I started asking around and it was like on no one's radar, nothing in the Midwest. I mean, I would go to argue and I mean, senior living communities can get mad at me if they want, but nobody has policies that address inclusivity bias. If any are, it's mm -hmm. under the radar that they're doing any training for their staff even. I mean, if you look at, and you would know this, senior living, it's a big, it's like part of healthcare. So it's a big establishment. So if you look a lot of times it's white men in corporate, white women in leadership, you know, black indigenous people of color doing caregiving right. and there's not a lot of mixing. Um, so I think there's tons of work to do in senior living. And then beyond that, um, nobody talks about gay old people, right? right. Like it's not, it's not even a thing. And so I'm like, well, I'm taking this up because, you know, I'm married to a woman and when I'm 80, I mean, I don't want to be told we can't have lunch together in the dining room, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so you're starting to articles and news stories about like total discrimination in senior living um and so I'm I'm just talking about it more than anything I would love to I'm thinking of developing curriculum where I could be a consultant and reach out to like the better health systems and you know or Emanuel's or capital senior living right. or whoever and say hey this is training that you're residents and your team's need let me come in and you know be that expert and train on part of that so I've thought about doing that and then um, I've done some consulting on a property that may or may not open um, this spring mm -hmm. to be continued but um, the passion really for that is having it in an urban setting making it affordable and affordable not as in um, Medicaid mm -hmm and not luxury living, right? Because there's this huge missing middle. That's a huge passion of mine for seniors too, where I remember being a sales director and having to turn away 20, 30 people, you know, a month sometimes, they'll never need Medicaid, but they couldn't afford our pricing. Right. And so what are we doing for that missing middle of our seniors in our community? It's, they're totally left out. And the idea of this um, was based off an article I read out in Denver, and they have like a 4,000 person wait list for an affordable living, senior living, right? I mean, like, let's do it. And then the third pillar of that community would be inclusive. So, you know, training, I would like to see it have, Sage has like bronze, gold, silver, platinum um, distinctions on how far you've gone mm -hmm. to make sure you're doing inclusive practices. So I would love to bring that into that community. Um, and then I'm sitting on the board of the Intercultural Senior Center, and I was asked to do that specifically as a voice for gay elders. 
And they've opened their doors of saying even how, you know, the pandemic's been a mess, but how can we support this or bring in this population um, and let them know that we have resources here for them too. Because Michelle, a lot of times gay elders are more vulnerable than seniors in general, right? Um, they have been discriminated against. If we think about the population that's say in their 80s, they lived through Stonewall. Maybe they participated in the Stonewall riots. They saw the AIDS epidemic, lost tons of friends, saw horrible discrimination, you know, making it discriminatory against gay men specifically. And then also now lived through marriage equality. You know, so in the past 50 years, what's that looked like? And then they need care in senior living and they're going back into the closet. Yeah, that was exactly the, I was thinking recloseted. I don't know if that's a phrase. That's yeah, and it's happening. And that's so gross that they can't show up as yeah. their authentic self. And even two years ago, um, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do something. So I reached out to the um, Heartland Pride who does like the parade mm -hmm. and they were great. And they were like, yeah, if you can, you know, like get a bus, we can have volunteers to be with the elders, like the whole day. And I was like, awesome. And I put up flyers at the community I was at. And then I mailed out flyers, to like every senior living in Omaha directly to their activity directors. And no one messaged me back unless it was like hateful messages. And they actually like that made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. So no, it was like, why time. would you do this? Why would you address this? We don't have any of those people in our community. The community I was at, we had to have like conversations with our residents, with family members. I would get church flyers put up over my flyer on the bulletin board. It would be like ripped apart and thrown on the table. And I just reprinted it. But I mean, it's it's so hateful, yeah. you know? I'm a big, obviously I do this work, but there's there's a place for everyone, right? And like gay elders don't need a separate community. Like they just want to live their lives right? with their friends, with their peers. And it's something that wasn't talked about. And I think it's time for them to be able to be authentic and live in senior living. And even going as far as like, what do our forms look like, Michelle, in senior living, right? Like, what do the options say? You know, it's very probably heterosexual driven right. and very male, female specific. So you're leaving out a lot of individuals. So to highlight some of the issues that people are facing, it um, it's it's obvious like hateful speech, hateful language that people like help me help educate me as to what some of the challenges are or yeah or issues that if um, I were to move into a facility today, what would be some of the things that I would expect? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think you would expect like no conversation mm. around who you are as an individual, right? Like it's part of who you are that you just don't discuss. Or, you know, I've, I had residents move in obviously gay and still would say their partner was like their best friend. Yeah. Obviously you're not best friends. And if people don't want to come out, like that's fine too, but I mean, just opening that conversation, right? You know, there's easy changes to make in like our forms and policies and just not assuming everyone has like, you know, is male, female and has a husband or wife. 
you know, like it's little changes, I think that we can start making. Um, and then if I always love this analogy, um, I spoke at Nebraska Healthcare Association on like the differences of aging, right? For like gay elders or, you know, like their heterosexual counterparts. Mm -hmm. And if you think about the age of the individuals we're currently working with, like say like Heather and Steve got married and Heather and Susie got married, right? Mm -hmm. And Steve died, Heather would have access to his 401k, his social security, his housing, because all of that was recognized on a state and federal level. Right. So like Heather would still be okay financially, but Heather and Susie, if Susie dies, Heather would have no federal rights to any benefits. So no social security, she could lose her housing, no funding, you know, if they don't have a bigger support system or they chose not to have children, what does that look like? So, you know, it's a, it's a bigger hurdle for Heather, if Susie dies to even financially be okay in elder, in older age, right. then, you know, the counterpart. And so a lot of those policies are changing, which I'm really grateful for, but even we have a new administration, but the past administration was attempting to roll back protections in hospice, where if it was, you know, a same gender couple that even were married, they wouldn't have access to end of life care for their partner. Oh my so, God. I mean, it's these like underhanded things that are going under the radar and it, nobody's like watching or looking at them. That vulnerable group could easily be eliminated and not given the resources that you should just get as like an equal human for being alive, right? Well, and I would think, you know, I'm thinking, um, especially when you're in that phase of your life where hospice would be a benefit, you're just tired of yeah. having this fight, like every yeah. step of the way. And just, mm -hmm. um, this is something that I really learned with the Black Lives Matter movement the bandwidth and the brain power that every day when you wake up that is occupied just to go through your normal tasks of your day right um that could be used for something else you know yeah and there's intersectionalities too so you know and there's like hierarchies too like a lot of times like gay older white men have a better advantage than if you were like a black lesbian woman, right? Because you have those intersectionalities of how it's harder to live in our society already. Yeah. So there's those intersectionalities as well. Um, and then you said something I was trying to think. I might come back just, to it. Yeah, just the bandwidth but, it takes and the energy it takes just to like show up as yourself, right? Yes. Like, like white and and we see that even with accessibility. I mean, if we want to go to like as basic as seniors, regardless, right, of sexual orientation, like just, can you walk down the street with your walker? No, because it's not plowed, because our curbs, our sidewalks aren't taken care of, like we can't even take our elders on an outing because we're not making life accessible for anyone with a disability even. Right. You know, so it's like those fundamental things that I think that's super important for city council, because we have a mayor election coming up, the whole city council could get turned over, are any of the people running talking about accessibility. That hits our seniors more than others, but tons of people have disabilities that need access. And if you're not an able-bodied individual walking through the world, it gets really tough. 
Right. And going back to that bandwidth thing too, often elders who are LGBTQ have different health conditions or um, they're magnified like autoimmune disorder. And that goes back to childhood trauma, mm. right? Because like, there's so much talk around like trauma being trauma informed. And we need to with our seniors too, because if they grew up at a time where they were told who they were inherently as a person was right. wrong, they had to hide a relationship. Maybe they don't have any family or maybe they were abused. Maybe they were beaten. I mean, scared to be who they were. Your cells know that and your DNA knows that. And that's why a lot of people with autoimmune disease, it comes from childhood trauma. And so you still have that into your elder years, right? And so being informed that their aging trajectory may look different and educating on that too. Right. So yeah. lots of layers. I, have you read the book, The Body Keeps Score? No, but I bet I would love it. <laughs> I, I haven't read it yet either. It's on my list, but it, it is exactly to the point you just shared, which is as a child, you're going through all of these traumas um, yeah. and your body is, is keeping score and mm -hmm. it's carrying into the illnesses and ailments that you have as, as a, how I understand that book to be, but I, yeah. you know, and just the mental health, obviously aspect. Um, right. Which we could throw a thousand more resources at Nebraska is really low on the, um, like scale, I think states are rated like A through F or something mm -hmm. on how well they provide mental health services. And the only state worse than us right now is Mississippi. It's our brain. Like I know, how? right? Yeah. And well, and it's hard because it's something, it's like something that's hurting that you can't see unless someone says it, right? Or yeah. you can see it, but we just, we don't want to talk about it. Right. Yeah, but how are liquor sales? Probably pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine? Well, numbing. Num, 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 right? Yeah. As long as you numb it, you're okay. Keep numbing. And numbing with alcohol, drugs, but numbing with social media, numbing with the capitalist lifestyle, mm -hmm. right? Buy more, be more, get more in debt, work super hard. Don't listen to your body. Here's fast food. Here's fast everything. Mm -hmm. Rev up, rev up, rev up. Cause then you can't ever sit still and listen to what's happening internally, you know? Yeah. So I, you know, I think a capitalist lifestyle really plays into mental health and is hurting a lot of people too. It's one big distraction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for caregivers, how do yeah. you think this impacts them in a different way? For, for partners, for spouses, or for caregivers that are in, um, the, in an LGBTQ relationship? Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times they don't even tell their physician, mm. you know, that they're in a, a same gender relationship. Um, and so finding, I mean, so that starts there, right? Like finding a physician that's like inclusive and open and understands the needs and differences is like a layer but even the caregivers and senior living, because I think you and I both know we have team members who identify in the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. And if they see, if they don't see anyone in leadership like them, mm -hmm. if they hear comments being made or they're just not even addressed as part of the team, I mean, that affects them. 
So it's, yeah. it's it just, it's like, it's really just a conversation that needs to be had at these senior livings from leadership, right? right? Like, and, and Michelle, it's a good business strategy. I always tell people this too. Like, I just don't get it. Like, cause I, I love business. I love making money. Everyone should make a ton of money. It's like their inherent birthright. Mm-hmm. It's an energy. People don't need to be scared of it. I'm a big fan of that. Um, and so it's good business too. A lot of times, like I told you the example of like the financial hardships, but if you look in the, that's a lot of times on the coasts. If you look at the Midwest specifically, um, a lot of times it's college educated to adults, plenty of income, right? And they, they want to live in a community that is open and inclusive. Right. So who's doing that in Omaha, Nebraska, Iowa, Kansas? I can't find any. Right. And you, there's and- great ones in Florida, California. There's amazing partnership in New York. They did like a public private partnership and built a million dollar gorgeous building. Right. But. And I think for me, part of my education is um, just because we're not talking about it doesn't mean it is or is not happening. Yeah. So when I hear you say that, I think, well, I mean, aren't, isn't just everybody welcome to go live wherever they want and, you know, have whatever kind of life they want. I mean, if you can afford to be in a building, um, then, and I'm just sort of talking out loud in the spirit of being educated, like, yeah, no, I love that. I love this. You know, how, like, why do we have to specifically say our community is inclusive? Everyone is welcome here. Like, how is that not just inherently a meta rule? Do you know what I mean? But what I'm hearing you say is it's important that we really say the words and outline it and be specific. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because the default is not that everybody's welcome. The default in our society is not everybody's welcome. It's shown by the policies and practices that we've put into place. It's shown in the leadership that we have in our senior living communities, in our government. It's obvious not everybody's welcome. So it has to be stated. I have this uh, naivete about myself that I just assume positive intentions and think, mm-hmm. oh, every, you know, the world is conspiring to help me. My mentor, uh, Mike Rayburn says that like, so I have this fantasy that the people are out there representing me, but that's, that's just not really how it works. I have learned. And there, and there are some, right? Like there's the great humans out there that are like yeah. educating themselves that want to know more. Probably people are going to watch this and are doing the work. Um, but it's such a privilege that I have and you have, I think, yes. as white women walking through this world too, to say, well, why wouldn't everybody just be welcome? Because we usually are, you right. know? Yes. Like, as, but as women, we aren't always. Right. So if you think about that, like, why does it have to be specifically stated that we have women on our leadership team that, you know, yeah. women can have bank accounts that, you know, like that had to be stated because the default wasn't like everything's been built for like a heterosexual cisgendered white man. Mm. So if you're outside of that norm, like policies have to be put into place, it has to be stated. 
you know, to move right. forward. And, and I, I want some of the LGBTQ elders to speak out too, because I'm like a 38 year old woman, right? Like I'm not in my elder years yet. I can't wait. I'm like crone goddess, bring it on. I can't yeah. wait to see Heather. I think she's going to be really rad. Um, but I, I need those people to advocate and champion. And like, I'm here, let me know, like, what resources do you need? Cause that group of elders is the expert on what they need in life, what they want. But right. I think it's a lot to get that um, dialogue going when there's been so much hate and discrimination in the past, you know, saying like, this is safe or this is a safe space. Mm -hmm. So that's been a challenge too, is even like, hey, bring this community together. Where is this community? Right. Like I, I know some people specifically that I've reached out to, to talk to their networks, to see like, would you embrace this? Um, because going back to when I wanted to do the parade, um, I had a resident that spoke with me and said, um, no way in hell am I going to your gay parade, but I've never seen more validated and authentic knowing that somebody paid attention to me as a gay man. Wow. And he said, I've never told anybody this. Oh my you know, he like came to my office, sat down, told me that like, I see seen and validated. Yeah. And don't go to my parade. I don't care. But like, <laughs> like that one flyer, he was like, oh, like Heather's safe, right? Like maybe this is a safe environment and I could like tell my truth. So if you're in your eighties and you've never been able to like live your truth, mm -hmm. that's devastating to me. It's like um, the safety pins. We have yeah. safety pins for a while. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, and it's little things, you know, too, like using pronouns on your email signature, you know, just so, right. so if, you know, like, yeah, I'm Heather Holmes, she, her, or they, them, he, him, you know, so people are like, oh, I will respect you and, you know, use the pronouns that you wish. So educate on that. So not everybody prefers the pro those pronouns and they would prefer a more yeah. neutral. Yeah. So like, so say I show up, like I do identify like as a woman, she, her is fine for me, but maybe I don't fully identify as female. Right. And I would rather you use the pronouns, they, them, there. Yeah. So it's more neutral, you know, or maybe I do present as a woman, but like, I feel like a man you know? And so I want he, him pronouns mm -hmm. and, you know, it can, and it's just respectful and it's an easy way at the beginning of meetings or, you know, on an email signature or on a form, you know, having a broader spectrum of language. I'm a big, like words matter person, yeah. even down to like when I'm trying to unwind is saying guys, cause in the Midwest where he's like, Hey, oh, you guys, guys. Hey. oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 Like, or have I told you guys this before, but it is very like one gender, you know, so mm -hmm. unwinding and some of the aggressive language we say a lot too, like pull the trigger, shoot you an email there's so much of that it's just like inherent aggressiveness right culture that we could unwind too 
like stuff from the 1800s that we keep passing along and reframeworked it to fit the modern era. Generational trauma. (laughs) Yes, generational trauma. So the importance of me using she, her in my signature, because I'm just, again, thinking this through, it's not just someone who identifies a different way that it would be important to them to let people know what they prefer. It's important for all of us to, to normalize it. Is that exactly okay? Yeah. Yeah. Cause then it just becomes part of the culture, right? right? And it's one really small step to show, oh, like they're trying, you know, they're working at being inclusive and, and I'm a real, I'm not a fan of this like cancel culture thing that's coming out. I think it's harsh. People are going to mess up. I mess up all the time. Mm-hmm. I probably don't use the right pronouns. So like abundant grace, I think we all need to have. And I love the term. I didn't coin this, but I heard it. Counseling culture instead of cancel culture. Oh, so let's just yeah. not like, like you might have a very legitimate question and you want to ask me, but like, you're like, I might completely mess this up. Right. And you don't, I don't want to like approach it as like canceling you out. Right. Like, let's have dialogue about it. Let me share what I know. What do you know? You know, and maybe I'm not the expert and maybe I don't have the bandwidth or space to even talk to you about it. Right. But if you, I can give that, you know, I think that's something a lot of times, this is something I've learned a lot. Michelle is as like a white woman. I know how, like I walk through the world as a lesbian woman. I know how I walk through the world. But um, it's not like my black females friends to educate me on like my racist tendencies, right? Like I need to go out and learn that mm-hmm. and not put that burden on them right. when they're trying to show up and live their life. And so I think we need to be careful that we don't like project on the person just because they're like an advocate or outspoken or passion, passionate or want to do like the justice right. work. You know, I'll talk to anyone about gay old people all day. So please ask me all the questions, but you know, not everybody has like that space or bandwidth to hold that for other people. No, I really appreciate that because I, um, as I was educating myself, I did reach out to a friend, a a childhood friend and just asked him, just said, I'm so sorry that this is happening. I mean, I'm not because it's really highlighting, you know, the black lives matter um, movement was highlighting the, just all the holes that we have. Um, and he was really, but I said, what can I do? Like, are you willing to have that space for me to educate me a little bit more? And he said, absolutely. And I checked in mm-hmm. a few times and he said, you know, you're the only person who is doing this. Like, and, and for him, he was grateful. Yeah. And super gracious of him. And I love that you were able to have that friend and that yeah. interaction. I mean, that's humanity as it's at its core, right. You know, it's just yeah. loving up on one another. And I think we just need to believe people too, Michelle. Like when a gay elder says like, I'm being discriminated against. Yes, you are. When a black person says I'm being discriminated against. Yes, you are. Is our answer, you know, yeah, it's not up for discussion. Yeah, you had a post and I said, what can I do? And you said, listen and believe people. Yeah. It's like, okay. (laughs) 
Yeah, because I mean, it's it's true experiences, you know, and I think sometimes we're just like, I can't believe that's happening. And I've stopped doing that. And I'm like, fully believe it. Like, of course it's happening and it's been happening. Yes. I, for me, what I realized again, that sort of naive um, life that I lead is that I don't put myself in circumstances to see it. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I, we don't want to, you know, that's like human nature. Yeah. Very uncomfortable, very protective. Right. So how am I able to put myself in situations that just are not another white bubble of people that agree with me or straight people that have the same lens that I do? Do you know what I mean? Uh It's, It's work and it's effort you know, and it's going to spaces that maybe make you super uncomfortable, but showing up anyway. Yeah. You know, and making an effort to broaden your network or, you know, reach out to other people, you know, like I want to broaden to broaden my network too. And um, so I love being in like the women's fund of Omaha because they partner with Ivy black girl. And so I know exact policies that are happening and like, I want to work to help those. Right. Right. And then, um, I just got accepted, um, into new leaders council. And so it's like, a you know, young progressive leaders in Omaha that actually want to like move forward an agenda. And so they're very thoughtful on who are they picking? So like how many men, women, you know, able, disabled, gay, straight, you know, all the things to make sure because going back to what you said, like you have to make an effort because otherwise the default is not that. Right. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah. I'm excited. So we just had our first weekend and it was a blast and just learning a ton. And it's great to be with different movers and shakers. Yeah. So like overall recap, like, um, like this is a thing. This is, you know, elder. There's gay old people and they need care and senior living and they need to be respected and seen and be able to show up and be vulnerable and get the care that they deserve as a human. And we have to envelop their caregivers with love and support and all of the resources um, that they need. Yeah. And we need diversity on our leadership teams, Michelle. Yeah. It's past time. Yes. Yeah. Well, I have hope for the future and here's why. Someone on Facebook had uh, a gender reveal for the baby, did not burn down the state at wherever they did this. I don't even know. And um, my kids who are 18, 16 and 13 said, I don't think that's right. And I was like, why not? And they said, that is too much to put on that baby. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, you guys yeah. are smart. Yeah. Yeah. I think future generations are getting it. Um, I think as, you know, as humans, we're becoming more loving. Um, I mean, we've been through like a lot of really hard stuff, you know, the past few years, but I think it's because we're all leveling up as humans. Like we're just getting, we're getting pushed through it energetically a lot faster because I think we need to show up in a different way. And it hurts, right? Like things have to die for things to be born. Right. So part of humanity, part of society, 
some things have to die to get a new generation and new, like loving, thoughtful ways ahead. Like we have to right. progress as a society. Yeah. Well, in any dystopian future movie that shows us sameness, it, it's not good. Mm -mm. Like we're not designed for that. No. Yeah. Not at all. So, well, and you. it's, it's the, it's the ultimate thought is like, my utopia I just wish we could get back to that like I am you you are me yes. like we're each other's caregivers and walking through this life with one another so there shouldn't be the hate there is there's all of it you know that's why I'm passionate to work for it and call it out and mm -hmm. you know have some of those conversations that feel exhausting but like we're walking together in this life, you know, like I'm a big, like, we got to love up on one another, even the people that are really hard, you know, like, I'm sure everyone on this video could guess who like <laughs> trips my trigger and like, gets, <laughs> see, that's another violent word. I shouldn't say it, but yeah, um, yeah, you know, like pokes at me or gets me really riled up mm -hmm. and they're still humanity. Like they need love. Like there's reasons that behavior comes out or right. whatever it is, you know, that challenging and I always find when someone irks me or um I feel uncomfortable I need to pay attention to that right because I'm like ooh, this is pushing back on a belief I hold so is this a belief I'm going to continue to hold or is this a belief I need to listen to and learn more about right yeah and if ultimately our sentiment is we are all connected and um we need to be, I need to be operating, I'll speak for myself. I need to be operating from a space of grace yes. for other people. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is hard when your core values are feeling attacked. And I think that one of the things that I've learned this year is anytime that I'm starting to get riled up, it's an opportunity for me to just look at myself. Okay, where, where in my life am I not showing up how I want? Mm -hmm. is if I'm really mad at you right now about something, you know, how is that? How, cause like attracts like, so where, right. where am I missing how I'm showing up poorly for someone else? Yeah. And often we're mirroring behaviors to each other, right? Yes. Yeah. So like, like the things you like best about me, it's probably the things that are best about you, you know? So you can see that in other people and mirror those. That's what we do as humans. Right. So well, when you really respect someone, it's like, well, you already have all those talents. Like you could just got to do it, you know? Right. Okay. So for, for me with you, it would specifically be that you have consistently shown up for people and raised your voice, you know, to celebrate and love and, um, just bring attention. And, um, I have felt very afraid to do that. Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Yeah. So, um, I'm grateful to you because I feel like I'm learning a lot just by hovering around you on social and. Oh yeah. Well, thank you. And I hold space for all your fear and uncomfortableness and definitely here for more conversations, you know, or ping me or, you know, when the world heals, we can have lunch or coffee, but gosh, can you uh, imagine? We'll get be so nice. Yeah. yeah. And I love having more allies that want to talk about 
moving forward with the discussion of LGBTQ elders, right? Yeah, and right. how are we supporting them in our community in the grand scheme of senior living, which in my opinion needs an overhaul too. Love <laughs> so it. Yeah. That's why I stepped out for a bit because I'm like, until I can go back in and do it the way I feel it needs to be done. Yeah. I'm going to work behind the scenes and then we'll get rolling again. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you for your time today. Yeah. You bet. Good to see you. Reach out anytime. I'll yeah. reach out to you. Conversation can keep going. I appreciate it. We'll talk right. to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.